1: Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second.
0: This week on Meet and 3, we're talking about the United States' biggest crop. It's corn. They will always tell you that corn is like their family. Corn is their family. You treat corn like you would treat your family.
1: These subsidy programs are supposed to be for really dealing with unexpected things that happen to farmers, although in practice a lot of times farmers are actually paid farm subsidies for things that we can control and do expect.
0: There's this constant warfare going on between the oil industry and the grain industry. Tune in to Meet and Three, available wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Yeah. So no one ever told me I had to keep my distance from the ROTC guys marching in front of me, and they suddenly stop. Oh, oh, hang on. Let me answer these. Sure. Go ahead, Luke. Okay, so these ROTC guys, they're marching with their rifles, and then they start marching backwards and begin hitting my hood and street. Wait, wait, sorry. Mm. You got some side hustle interfering with this side hustle, Lou? No, it's... Well, see, friends are texting me all the time now when they're at a bar, asking me which mezcal they should order. But if they're friends of yours, they should know what they want already, no? Well, some do, but for some, you know, ordering mezcal has gotten as complicated as ordering wine. Well, yeah, that does sound intimidating. Right? And ordering great mezcal shouldn't be intimidating.
2: You know that's the tagline for ojo de tigre mezcal, right, Lou? I know that ojo de tigre is the mezcal for all. Well, that's another one of the taglines, Lou.
1: Maybe it is, Chava, but two agaves are better than one. And ojo de tigre is made with both espadín and tobalá. This is so scary. Has ojo de tigre taken over your soul? No, but ojo de tigre mezcal is taken from the soul and expressed with the hands. Now I'm feeling a
2: little bit intimidating, Lou. How do we just have a copita full of ojo de tigre and pick this up in the
1: morning? Ojo de tigre Mascal artisanal. It's easy on the land and easy on your wallet.
2: I'm going to unplug you now. If you want to learn more about Ojo de Tigre, visit Mescal.com.
1: Your mezcal should be as full of character as you are, Ojo de Tigre mezcal artisanal. Light on smoke, full on character. In addition to Ojo de Tigre, Mascal, this episode of Gave Road Trip is also brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy, sponsor of World Class, the international bartending competition. The World Class U.S. finals are going on right now, courtesy of our friends at the USBG and Diageo when uh, when they asked us to include an ad on our podcast, I thought, okay, it could be funny if I talked it up like it was this, you know, fight to the death between bartenders, a sort of in a world where people are thirsty kind of thing. And then Chava would chime in with his reasonable tone, telling the true story and that and that seemed funny to me. But, man, it's been a hard, long year for everyone, but especially, especially, I think, for my friends in hospitality. First, of course, because, you know, where did the restaurants go? Where did the bars go? But also, you know, over the last several years, leading tastings of agave spirits on behalf of my nonprofit, uh, Sacred, I've met a lot of bartenders, and I've met a lot of wait staff. And time and again, I've been impressed with how many of them, how many How many of you are in this because you are hospitable, because you want to make the day better for perfect strangers? And this year, you're know, you out of work, but you've also been unable to do that. So all joking aside, if you're listening to Agave Road Trip because you work a bar or you work tables, if you're in a kitchen or in a hotel, any kind of hospitality, first, I'm really sorry for the hard year you've had second you know maybe you want to check out the world-class u.s finals 50 of the top bartenders in the usa are competing to represent our country at the global finals in madrid in july in the category of hospitality you can watch it online for free if you're 21 or older you'll see stories of people just like you talking about how they, just like you, try to make the perfect drink, the perfect evening, the perfect moment for those perfect strangers, just like you. Register now to gain access to all of the competitions and behind-the-scenes stories. Visit DiageoBarAcademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O BarAcademy.com. I look forward to watching with you online, and then drinking with you when we are all past this hard stuff. I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico and Java. What are we talking about today?
2: Well, I want to make a correction of something we did on season one, because when we were supposed to talk a correction? about... we got We got something wrong in season one? We had nothing wrong in season one. I just want to make a clarification, make it a little bit more specific, because when it was a turn to talk about hornos and tapada and cooking the agave, which is one of the most extravagant and difficult things to do in agave spirits, you decided to talk about pork, about (laughs) cooking
1: pork in Hawaii. hang (laughs) Hang on a second. I decided to talk about it. I believe it came up in reference to you saying, nothing else is cooked this way. And then I brought up an example that you were unaware of, and then you got into the example. Now, is that my fault that you got into it? Am I a distraction? Is that what you're saying? No. Actually, it was, it's it's my stomach. It's my stomach <laughs> fault.
2: I, I was so hungry at the moment. So it's like, let's talk about You realize what you're pork. doing. You're
1: doing the exact same thing in the season one episode. <laughs> you're now heading down the path. So, so what do you want to bring up as we're talking about the cooking of the agave in the order, in that underground stone-lined earthen oven? Well, I want to talk
2: specifics because I think that there's not just one way of cooking it underground. Mexico is a really big place. There's many states and many traditions of making agave spirits, and I think a lot of that diversity can be traced down to the
1: cooking of the agave. That's really interesting. So, not only are we not only are there different ways to cook it, but you're 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 talking about specifically different ways of cooking it, even when that way is cooking it in an underground earthen oven. Exactly.
2: And I would say you can trace that by different regions. I think different states and different traditions have preferred flavors, and, and they try to get those flavors starting from the cooking of the agave. So uh, I would like to start with a quote we have from Germán, just to start opening this panorama, and then we'll try to get it as specific as possible.
3: Okay, let's listen. So um, we cook our agave uh, with, using Encino. Um, and volcanic rock. Encino is a type of oak. Um, And this is uh, true for all of the producers that we work with, except for one, which uses mesquite, because there is no Encino around. The difference in in wood in in the cooking process is actually very important because um, they act different, they burn differently. And Encino tends to uh, burn a lot longer, uh, and it's less smoky. Uh, It's a little bit more noble, and it gives a, a, a wonderful smell as well. Uh, whereas mezquite is, is a lot harsher. So it, it burns faster and it burns um, it's a lot smokier as well. So um, I don't know. It, it, it obviously depends on what type of mezcal you like or maybe you like the, the fact that, it's, um, that there's a, that little difference as well in different mezcales. Um, but it's very important to know what you're using. As a vinatero, as a uh, the vinatero should always know uh, the wood that they are using.
1: Okay, so thank you. Herman Gutiérrez from Lágrimas de Dolores. We should give him credit, right, Uh, giving us this thing to talk around.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he is distributed in the United States, right? You can find his
1: spirits where you guys live. Yeah. Isn't isn't that true? Yeah, that is is correct. (laughs) Well worth seeking those spirits out. So, okay, you know, my first reaction, and you know this is, I mean, this is true of me in all circumstances. My first reaction is to question what he said.
2: Oh, Jesus, okay. Let's do this, Lou. Why are your questions? Get aggressive. Okay.
1: Okay, sure. So I don't understand why it would matter if the wood burns longer, if one kind of wood burns longer than another kind of wood. Oh. Because in essence, in essence right, you, you want the wood to go out. Yeah, at least, I mean, and it's never going to be, I shouldn't say never, it's rarely going to be completely out. So why does it matter if it burns longer or not? It seems to me like you heat up your orno, your oven, faster with one wood than you do with the other. Uh, but that's just a matter of time, right? Well,
2: it's more a consequence. Uh, so he he says that mesquite is smokier than encino, and the reason it, oh wait, you're saying that the long burn,
1: the length of the burning, has to do with the smoke? Exactly, because the oak wood it's so much denser. Oh, ah. therefore. And you said oak. Encino is oak, yes, correct? Yes. Okay. And mesquite is mesquite.
2: I'm not sure. Yes. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, it I don't know. It yeah, is. Okay. yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yes.
1: So, explain that to me.
2: So, the oak it's way denser. Therefore, it's going to take longer to consume. You have more biomass per volume, right? So, it it just takes longer. I don't know. Like, I've never done grill in my life, I'm not from the Norte. Wow. So, but my understanding yeah. <laughs> is, when you're making carne asada, when you're like doing a steak, you have different types of charcoals, right? And different types of charcoals yeah. burn for longer. They give different aromas. They, they there's a whole dynamic in the geeks that do steaks
1: in choosing their charcoal. Well, you're saying so steaks. Of, you're saying steaks, but really you mean barbecue. Uh, yeah. And like, and, and you and and you wouldn't be wrong saying that. But um, uh, it's not grilling. It's it's smoking um but the but the fire is always going throughout it's a different way of cooking i don't my point i don't want to get down that rabbit <laughs> hole of cooking again but my my point is just simply it's a different um way to heat in the underground oven again like you're primarily you're primarily using the heat that is now concentrated in the stones in that oven and you're using the steam If you happen to be one of those places where you pour water into the orno after you've covered it up. Yeah, I I think that with a lot of
2: the guys that I've spoken with and when I used to be part of the tapadas, also oak, it's so much easier to predict because you have a big chunk of wood and you're sure it's going to be, you're going to have coal for a longer period of time. Whereas with a mesquite, you don't know how dense, how fluffy it is. It, It varies drastically. So it might go off hmm. before it builds all that heat into the stones. You know, he says the word noble, like oak is more yeah. noble. And when we yeah, say yeah. that in Spanish, noble, is that it, it's better behaved. It's more predictable. Oh. It's better for the process. So I think that's, oh, that's what really he's trying lovely. to say about the fact that it, it, it burns for longer.
1: Okay, but, but hang on a second. So now you've also said something that I think contradicts what he had said. You just you said that the the encino or the oak, right, is more dense, and so it's going to burn longer, which means to me less efficiently, which means it should, in theory, give off more smoke. No, right? no, no,
2: no, no. The completely the other way around. It burns a lot better because it's denser. Oh, more efficiently. Yeah, way more efficiently.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though okay, it's gonna last longer. That's really interesting. So the more efficient process of burning that wood, the the encino, the oak, um, is going to create a longer burn, not a faster burn.
2: Yes. And the thing is, because it's denser, it's going to be hotter for a longer time. So you're going to have a coal for a longer time. Wood doesn't burn very efficiently when it's cold. So if you have something that is not very dense, it's going to burn a lot of it while it's cold. Whereas it's denser, it's going to be burning for longer oh. when it's hotter. Oh, that is fascinating. I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: (laughs) No, you know, it does. I mean, I have to stop and think about it, which doesn't surprise you, I'm sure. But it really is. It's a fascinating point. It's not an easy thing, uh? huh? This
2: Uh. is, uh, I I spent a lot of time researching something that are called pellet burners. I think they use them up there where you guys live. (laughs) Oh, I
1: hate pellet
2: burners. Pellet pellet burners are for cheaters. Well, what, what I'm trying to say, it's... Those guys have spent millions of dollars researching the dynamics of different biomass to burn. So, you know, they make them from sawdust. So they choose specific types from,
1: of. From, 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 you said from asada? No, from, they sawdust. Make from meat, from steak? <laughs> Saw, from sawdust. Got it. Okay. Always yeah. bowling my accent, Lou. <laughs> Just trying to clarify for all the road trippers. Yeah, yeah, I. yeah.
2: So anyway, like they spent a big amount of time researching different types of sodas, the amount of resin that is in there, the amount like it, it's it's a crazy area of research. So let's say that in, in 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 the Agave Spirits world, they've they've done the same research
1: just from a more empirical perspective. Oh, okay, okay. So you're saying there are different methods for cooking in the Orno? Are you are you literally drilling it down to just the different method is the different wood, or is there something else going on
2: here? Wait, wait. And I there's something else that I want to add to the wood. We're not graduating from this thing right away. I'm sorry, Lou. I, I have
3: more Fine. questions.
2: There's more things. <laughs> so what I'd like to think about is, it's, you know, in Scotch, you have different degrees of peating the mulched barley. Or, or no peat whatsoever. Of no sure. peat whatsoever.
1: But if you- And or- I think it's helpful to explain what that means, peating the peating the, the Yeah, yeah, the yeah, barley. right?
2: I, I guess not everybody is extremely- so. Yeah. I, but everybody in America knows what a Lafroigue is versus a Macallan, right?
1: No, most people have no clue the difference. But, but in <laughs> essence, you're talking about two different kinds of scotch, right? And scotch is distilled from fermented malt. And the malts specifically used to make scotch um, come from barley. And what you're doing is you're you're germinating the barley just a little bit. You get it moist, that little piece of barley, that little grain of barley. You get it a little bit moist, and it tries to reproduce a new barley plant and shoots up a little stalk, (laughs) a tiny little baby stalk, that wants to turn into a seedling of barley, right? And at that point, you say, screw you, barley. And you stop that process by heating it up. Now, the heat sometimes is made by burning peat, which is, in essence, moss.
2: That has an amazing smoke that produces some delicious, beautiful smoke and which gives a smoky flavor to the scotch,
1: if you wish. And Lafroy. But a very specific kind of smoke. Yes. Which you're saying is delicious. Like it does not work for my palate. I'm not a big fan of the peat.
2: You are a defective human, Lou. Or something like that. <laughs> wow, so
1: judgmental. <laughs> no, I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, I take that back, Lou. You are perfect yeah, as you take are. Take it out in the edits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but anyway, so they they've they've done plenty of research there as well. And if you are a maker, you can go to the guy that ma- that melts the barley and tell them, I want my barley to have 250 particles per million of peat. and they understand <laughs> the degree of smokiness that that means. In essence, what they're doing in the agave spirits world is the same with some, let's say, more relaxed ranges. I claim that one day, <laughs> maybe if, uh, if, if there's a lot of money behind it, we might get to that point where you say, like, I want my agave spirit to have some degree of smokiness in the oak direction or in the mesquite yeah, direction.
1: Feels- That feels like genetic engineering. Like it feels like. No. I mean, it feels like the opposite. Yes. It feels like the opposite of art to me. When you start. I mean, you're you're in order to do that. You were relying on these tools that go well beyond the five senses. And, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I am saying it's not the stuff that I love about these agave spirits. Again, I, I'll always go back to that zignum um, No,
2: no, no, uh, no, 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 no. But wait, wait,
1: Example. I, I will say
2: this is expanding your, your five senses. You wear glasses. I wear glasses. Would well, you like to live in a world where you couldn't use glasses just because you want to depend only on the five senses that God gave you? Uh,
1: yeah. Actually, this morning <laughs> when I went on my walk, I went literally without my glasses because my glasses annoy me. Now, there are times at which I need my glasses, but does Victor Ramos need to know how many grams of smoke are in his agave? I would contend he does not. He has a sense of it based on what comes out of the oven and what it tastes like, and he's experienced it using just his five senses, and that's his barometer. And that's all the barometer he needs in order to produce true art.
2: I don't know. Like, I think that if you, they were to be given the option to expand, to know more, to have closer ranges, to take more decisions in predictable ways, maybe they would like it. You don't know. You've never asked them. They've never had the option. That's another
1: part of it. Well, you know, I, I, I would agree with you that some absolutely will want that. And I would contend that others would absolutely refuse that. There are plenty there. Are, I mean, we. I've never had that specific conversation with any mescalero, of course, but I've had plenty of conversations with them about introducing technology to make it easier for them to ferment and distill these spirits. And a vast number of them time and again tell me they're not interested. in I'm that. not
2: saying easier. This might be way more complicated, actually. To be able to really formulate an amount of smoke into the agave could be infinitely more complicated than the way they're used of doing their, 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 their roast beef.
1: Anyway. You know, you know Chava, so we're, we're already past the point we should be. So I think what we should do is wrap up this episode and do a part two. on this because there's other issues that we want to bring up yeah because wood was just the first
2: thing we were supposed to talk about took over the whole episode thank the lord in a way so let's wrap this up and talk more on the next one
1: (laughs) sounds good
0: catch you in a (laughs) second adios
2: this has been Agave Road Trip the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. sound engineering by Roy Sierra Sim song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marc Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at gabberroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast please let us know and if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media, so if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him He is one Agave Road Trip is a
1: production of 10 Angry Pitbulls Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork.